0: Disclaimer This presentation isn't made for shock factor Please be aware that it contains graphic descriptions of crimes against children and multiple murders This also contains sexual content Discretion is advised The morning of January 15th 1974 for Dennis started much like every other morning only something had changed He decided seemingly out of the blue that he would see through with his perverse fantasies He kissed his wife who worked in the church choir and reassured her that today was going to be a great day. He had noticed a little girl a few times while driving around and thought to himself how perfect she would be. He knew she had a family, he watched them and knew when they would be at their most vulnerable. It is thought that during the day, Joseph Otero, 38, was sleeping in his bed, with his wife, Julie Otero, 33. Dennis had gained access to the quiet house and while creeping around, noticed Mr. and Mrs. Otero sleeping in their beds. He crept inside the room and restrained them with ropes. First tackling Mr. Otero, he put a plastic bag around his head. Then he strangled Mrs. Otero with a rope. Upon hearing his parents' struggle, Joseph Otero, 9, came to see what was going on in his parents' room. It was at this time he spotted Dennis and turned to run, but Dennis was too quick and dragged little Joseph back along the hallway where he first tied him in ropes— then placed plastic bags over his head, before tying ropes around his neck. Dennis then stood up, excitedly, his prize, as he saw it was little Josephine Otero, just eleven years old. She was terrified and asked Dennis where her parents and brother were and if they were going to be all right. It was at this time Dennis took her to the basement, where he went on to strangle her with a rope over a pipe on the ceiling, lifting her up, then letting her down, doing this while he pleasured himself. He finally tied the rope around the base of the pipe and while looking at Josephine dying he climaxed over the floor, walked away, patted his sweaty forehead and left the house. Later that day the family's 15-year-old son came home from school with his two young siblings. They found their family members slain and no doubt called the police. Media and the public were horrified that someone, anyone, could do this to a family, supposedly safe within their home. The police found the semen and tested it, Where it was only revealed that 20% of men had similar sperm, though this did little to narrow down the amount of men they would have to question to find the killer. Little did they know, he was closer than they could imagine and planning to make another move. Walking alone a few weeks later, Catherine Doreen Bright, 21, was stabbed three times in the abdomen. She was found alive on East 13th Street in North Wichita, where she was transported to Wesley Medical Center, where she later died from her injuries. Due to the lack of forensic technology, the police had clues, but there was little any of them can do at this point. The country was still reeling from the murders of the Otero family. They began to receive taunting letters from the killer, giving graphic descriptions of the attacks, both of the Otero family and of Catherine Bright. He wanted attention for all five of his murders. He then sent a plastic doll, tied to a piece of pipe, without clothing on its bottom half and with crude pubic hair drawn on with pen. This was a vile attempt at humor from the killer. He was taunting them and toyed with the idea of what his name could be, the media finally dubbed him the BTK killer, though from Catherine and and other attacks, Dennis hardly stuck to his own way of doing things. This baffled police and the public at large. This time Dennis, who was very nearly caught, and after a witness description, decided to lay low for a while.